January 11th, 1908, Grand Canyon National Monument is created. The monument, not the canyon. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And we have a favorite on the show uh, for y'all tonight. The He's favorite. In- starring... <laughs> the the uh, favorite with Olivia Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> Saoirse Ronan is not in The Favorite. She is not. That is right. What am I thinking of? I don't know. It's Olivia Colin, Colvin and Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone. Oh, uh, God. I guess Emma you're thinking Stone. of Little Women? Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, also, Ben Bryant is here in addition to the film The Favorite. How little are those women? Uh, they're... Is it a physical littleness or an emotional, or what's the deal? Well, they're on a big screen, so they're actually much larger (laughs) than a human. Yeah, they are Regular-sized women. I mean, I guess it depends... You take one little and one big. On DVD... Once the film is released on DVD, depending on your... Or Blu-ray, or streaming, depending on your viewing preference, they could be very small. They could fit on your iPhone screen. Yeah, exactly. They're In the, the trailer, they certainly have fit on my iPhone screen before. That's pretty little. <laughs> Man, who watches a whole movie on an iPhone that's not, like, on an airplane? I've... Do people, like, choose that as the way to watch things? Uh, I assume some people do. I have done it on the toilet. So <laughs> I think it's that psychopath test is if you pee in bed until you're yeah. in fifth grade, if you like to burn things, if you choose to watch movies on your iPhone... <laughs> It, fa- it falls under, like, Nintendo Switch rules, where it's, like, mm-hmm. the portability is the hook, but the experience isn't where it should be. Yeah. I mean, I like the Switch. Why am I defending a corporation? I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? Shigeru Miyamoto listens to this. <laughs> For, in the defense of the phone, it's not the primary purpose of the phone to watch movies on it. <laughs> Man, see, that brings up a great... Uh, a separate point is what is the primary purpose of a phone? Uh, it, the, the the modern capital anymore. P phone is it to call people? I sure shit don't call calling. people on the it phone. It could be texting, depending on who you are. Man, I don't text. Social I message. Media? I message across a zillion different social media things. So it, uh, I, I guess psychopathy or uh, constant this, this, internet access is one. Yeah. Of them. That's mine. Constant internet access is the actual purpose of the modern... Fu- yeah, okay. Hey, uh, solving uh, modern problems on the History yeah, Podcast. I mean, I guess Pretty good, everyone. The purposes of the modern phone. Um, but uh, that's <laughs> not usually what we do on this podcast. But, yes. The, uh, yeah. They're in the top five, probably. Yeah. Great Coke mirror. Uh, if- <laughs> <laughs> For me, podcasts, in fact, are one of the primary uses of my hey. phone. Mm-hmm. People um, are listening to a podcast right now. They know what it's about. Yeah, yeah. Not this <laughs> I one, only listen to, to podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I only listen to podcasts on my TV. Yeah, that's. I have done that. I that have, would like, be the fucking truest psychopathy test. If you watched movies on your phone and listened to podcasts <laughs> on your TV. Both of which I've just admitted to doing. Oh. Okay, well, you are, I assume, either a psychopath or deeply stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have failed to adapt to modern times. You're like a knight that came from the past. You, like, got frozen, and then you were unfrozen. Brian, it took you so long to stop calling and start using text messages. 
I'm not yeah, lying. When we started this what? podcast, for the first two and a half years we did this podcast, he always called instead of text messaging me. Is that true? At the I beginning, mean, you totally did. And it was well, like, that might be true. Yeah. Were, were you like a slow responder on text? And he's like, I've got to get through to him immediately. It was the first attempt to connect. Here's oh, it wasn't wow. like I failed to respond and then the call came. It was the uh, first attempt. Here's what it was. I had a, um, it wasn't like a full on like sidekick phone, but it was one of the ones that where you slid it out and it had uh-huh. like the keyboard. What it was and was. the keyboard was fucked. You were a Victorian uh. dandy who was frozen in a block <laughs> of ice. And then yeah. you were unfrozen and you don't understand. I'm a little fascinated by Brian's media consumption choices. It seems almost defiant intentionally. Like it's just like I don't need rules. I wish I still had the energy to be intentionally defiant <laughs> of anything. That's even better than when you're just organically that like left of center. And I, I know it seems like uh, it's shaming it, but it's not. It's it's fascination, and uh, <laughs> it's I, fascination. I think it's endearing. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this this podcast is not about my media habits. That's true. Do you read by candlelight, but specifically your Kindle? Do you read your Kindle? I, yes, I make my own Candle. candles and read. He by did <laughs> use a typewriter for a very long time. I did, and I wish I still could. For what? Like writing sketches and stuff. Okay. Uh, mainly because a typewriter doesn't have Facebook on it, so I could like actually get my fucking work done. Yeah, I get that. I thought I I just hoped you weren't like typing up a fresh copy of like a resume every time you needed to submit <laughs> one or something. Oh god, that would have been the worst. I guess people probably did have to do that uh, back in the day. Did they have resumes back in the day, or did you just I, walk into a shop and be like, "I used to work at Henry's"? <laughs> <laughs> How did hiring I, work? <laughs> Before I, you couldn't I, check anything, there was no ref, there was no paper trail. You weren't going to follow up. I heard a story um, on a, another podcast that I won't mention because we need to focus on the revisionists. Uh, but when in like the the old days of Hollywood, they needed like fresh scripts all the time, uh, and the, it was someone's specific job to go to a, like a copy place. There was a whole place dedicated just to copying. They had the only way to do it. I don't even know if it was like conventional copy machines. And it took like two hours. And that was someone's entire position at a studio. <laughs> which, <sighs> imagine being fucking replaced by Microsoft Word. Like, that's, that's <laughs> a tough let go. Motherfucker. We will all eventually be replaced by some sort of robot. But for now, comedy <laughs> cannot be produced by the artificial intelligence uh, Definitely mind. Definitely can't be produced by that. And yeah. it can't be produced by us either, but we try. <laughs> um, anyway, this is a podcast in which we look at a person or event or thing from history. Usually a person or event, because I don't know what thing... The Ark of the Covenant? I don't know. The Meteor. Yeah, just the Meteor. The dinosaur one or just a Meteor? The Meteor we have been taught to fear since time immortal. So yeah, the Meteor, for instance. And then somebody gives the true story of that person or event or Meteor. And then somebody gives uh, a batshit bananas as crazy as they want it to be alternate version of that person, event, or meteor. And we vote at the end on what becomes the true story of this brilliant blue spinning marble we call the Earth. Going forward, iridescent, uh, irreverent, uh, <laughs> war-torn marble we yeah. call the Earth. 
yeah, going Jesus. forward. More of an off beige marble. Yeah, after the it's ocean's slowly dry. becoming more brown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh god. Uh, um. Yeah. So that is basically the premise. Uh, we are on a kick about famous authors. Uh, the mm. last two episodes were about. James Tiptree Jr., a.k.a. Uh, Alice Sheldon, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, the alternate history, uh, which involved her having, like, a demonic, dark urge involving Garfi- creation, the creation of Garfield that was eventually taken up by Jim Davis, one in that particular case. And for <laughs> Louisa May Alcott, author of the aforementioned Little Women... Uh, who in the original novel was so little they could fit all in your hand. Um, Man, those little women love lasagna. That's what I took away from the movie. Yeah. They could not get enough, and they hated Mondays, and they're always fighting with that dog, Odie. I'm just uh, recalling the plot of Garfield. It's not a joke. I apologize. Yeah, that those, the, all the plot relevant to of Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, the alternate one in that case, too, in which weird communes became the norm in America mm. uh, because the weird Fruitland commune that Louisa May Alcott actually lived on for a while flourished. Um, yeah, and uh, those and the, the actual Little Women novel did not become a hit until many, many, many years later. So those are the uh, versions that won the last two times. Um, and we're continuing, uh, our author's episode. I did not do the research and have forgotten who it's about. Oh, uh, Christopher Marlowe. Christopher Marlowe. All right. I think, uh, uh, I believe Brian, you're doing the actual. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, I guess we could jump in then, right? Anything else to discuss? Have we tabled all of the old issues, <laughs> the new issues? Um, uh, I will preface preface this by saying um i was up late at a uh, late night screening of cats last night so my brain is not fully working the old one uh, <laughs> <laughs> no yeah the, the 1930s cats <laughs> where it was actually pre-code and way hornier <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um i i say cats is like that thing where there's a Patton oswald bit where he says like talking erotically when you're trying not to be R-rated is somehow much more disgusting. Cats yeah. definitely falls in yes. that purview. Um, per- emphasis on perv. Perv. Perv yeah. view. Correct. Uh, Do you guys think the whole thing is just covert furry propaganda? Like, not, it's not it's not, covert. Not, not even <laughs> that there's anything wrong with that, but just uh, no. uh, it, it it seems. It seems like it started with Space Jam, and it's just <laughs> gotten out of hand since then. Or gotten into hand. Uh, we're finally where we need to be socially. I don't know. It might be the first film that furries see and are turned off because of the Uncanny Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they also have a little bit of furry insurance because it's so heavy, like, CGI. It doesn't, like, lend itself to weirdos with, like, a Disney fascination. It lends itself only to weirdos with, like, a lot of experience 3D modeling. And there's just simply going to be less of that Venn diagram who are that into 3D modeling who are also furries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd think that 100% of people into 3D modeling are into furry. <laughs> but Disney is the gateway into furrydom. Robin Hood, the, the Robin Hood animated movie, yeah. launched oh, a thousand yeah. furries, I'm sure. 
Oh, fuck, you're right. Lola uh, Rabbit? Come on. That wasn't Disney, but still. <laughs> yeah, that was Michael Jordan specifically. He said, give me a hot bunny or I walk from this fucking movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, well, uh, Christopher Marlowe was not a furry, as far as we can tell. So Christopher Marlowe, a.k.a. Kit Marlowe. Um, he has a fursona. Yeah, Kit Marlowe. <laughs> he was a uh, red panda. <laughs> um, or an eye eye. I don't know. Something adorable. Um, which, if you've seen pictures of him, he actually kind of looks like an eye eye. I, uh, I have to find this. Um, he was born sometime in like February 1564. We know he was baptized on the 26th, so he's probably born somewhere around there. The same year as uh, little Billy Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, his father was a shoemaker in Canterbury, and uh, his mother was named Catherine. You were not kidding. He looks a lot a like lot a like fucking eye eye. Right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so eventually, uh, Christopher Marlowe went to Cambridge University on a... Uh, on a scholarship, I don't know how this worked back then, whether it was a full ride, whether he played basketball. Um, Did they have money back then? <laughs> Some people, yes. <laughs> so, like, now. sort of, Yeah, basically, yeah, exactly. He got his uh, BA in 1584, um, and then he kept going, trying to get his master's. Um, wait, 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 what, what was it he got the scholarship for again? I don't know, basketball. It it just <laughs> it like it doesn't say like why he got. I think just because like he showed academic. Oh, promise. I see. Okay, I yeah. did not. Uh, I I assume. I don't for- know mm-hmm. what even was academic promise. That just basic literacy. I don't know. You Pretty know, much, thirteen yeah. of the twenty six letters. <laughs> I, I, it's also just like I can't imagine they're maybe they're doing like entrance essays or something. <laughs> Z. <laughs> Z is a tough one, to be fair. They call they call it Z in Australia. <laughs> they do. That's why it, part of the reason why it's so tricky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1857, uh, he had basically earned his master's degree, but the university didn't want to give it to him. This is mainly due to a rumor that he wanted to go to. The seminary in uh, Reims, France. I don't know if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. And uh, study to be a Catholic priest. And this was uh, after uh, Henry VIII and sort of the the Protestant Reformation in England. Mm-hmm. But uh, at this point, uh, and this is where things start to get a little spicy, uh, the Privy Council, Queen Elizabeth's Ooh. Privy Council, intervened on his behalf. And the Privy Council is all the dudes... Who are like the close the Queen's closest advisors. Okay. They're called the fucking Privy Council. Yeah, it's the most English fucking thing. That sounds like a bunch of dudes just poking each other like with their elbows going, Are you privy? I'm privy. <laughs> privy to what? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Ooh, I'm pretty privy. <laughs> I love the like the bullwinkle esque accent. <laughs> so yeah, they uh they intervened and um said to uh, the scholars of Cambridge uh, that they uh, believe Marlowe should be awarded his master's degree, and they commended him for his service to the queen, which was a matter they kept secret, um, which has led to a lot of speculation, and it seems plausible, uh, even 
pretty likely that uh, Marlowe was a spy mm. for Queen Elizabeth um, under the service of her spy master, uh, Francis Walshingham. Spy master, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that's Walshingham. So, that's so, like on brand british like dangerously <laughs> on like almost like they workshopped it mm-hmm. oh he's uh the spy master uh also covered in orange marmalade <laughs> um so marla was acquainted with uh, a relative of walshingham so they did sort of have an in with him there are a couple theories as to uh where he did his spy work uh that maybe he served as a tutor to uh arbella stewart who was the niece of Mary, Queen of Scots, and the cousin of James the Sixth, uh, the King of Scotland? Uh, that he went under the cover of uh, Thomas uh, Morley to uh, help her study and keep an eye on the Catholic court up in Scotland. Man, Queen of Scots would be such a fucking good drag name. That would—it's <laughs> got to be a pun in there somewhere. So if your name many. is actually Scott, yeah, like yeah. your real name is Scott. Fuck. Uh, um. <laughs> All right, sit down. <laughs> That's a bonus. Yeah, you have the yeah. thick. You gotta, you know, don't model it so much on like Christopher, uh, you know, uh, uh, Peter Capaldi, and more on the girl from Brave, who's like, yeah, say. <laughs> If you could change your fit, if you could change your dress, <laughs> would you? People would fucking pay you to hear that. You could change your fit if you could lip sync for your life. Just, That's the worst. Just the burliest <laughs> queen just roasting you at breakfast. She would make so much in tips. If you could <laughs> lip sync to these bits what I made for a walking, <laughs> would you? <laughs> we've, we've discussed Zach's Scottish accent before <laughs> and how it's perfect. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, there are uh, arrest records that show Marlowe was in London uh, around the same time, but there's no definitive proof that he couldn't have been in Scotland in like a similar time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, another suggestion was that he was stationed in France uh, at the time of like the French like wars of religion and uh, was there for the St. Bartholomew's Massacre. Um, partly this is because he later wrote a play called The Massacre at Paris, mm, uh, where there's a, a silent English agent character who sort of observes the whole thing. <laughs> so, was his name Christopher Danger? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, Christopher Longdick. <laughs> mm, okay, <laughs> gross. Um, so he gets into uh, writing plays. Uh, his first play is called Dido, Queen of Carthage. How do you fall into writing plays? How is that? <laughs> that seems like you had got to put a pretty concentrated effort towards that as even a hobby, much less a career. Yeah, true. I could I could have phrased that better. I mean, I guess there's four people who could fucking read and write. <laughs> yeah. So just the competition, just your plays got published yeah, immediately. Exactly. And there's ten people in the village. Four of them are actors. All right, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, Dido Carthage. Uh, his two of his biggest plays of the time were uh, Tamburlaine the Great and Tamburlaine the Great Part Two. Uh, the the Revenge. It's like when it's Sister Act and Sister Act Two. <laughs> yeah, when you've got a good thing, keep, keep it going. Part Two back in the habit. <laughs> clearly not the best play, right? Because it would have been called Tamburlaine the Greater. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tamberlin the new batch. Yeah. 
um, he wrote a play about uh, the life of Edward II called Edward II, uh, which was uh, really <laughs> just chock full of sort of uh, – homosexual themes it was a sung through hip-hop musical (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, i was trying to think of like an in the heights pun for like something of of the time they're making a movie about it i'm very i got a preview of that before cats and i was like oh no don't show me a trailer for a good movie musical (laughs) before i see cats (laughs) um and this led people to speculate that Marlowe himself uh, was gay. Um, this might also have to do with just the rumors that surrounded Edward II and um, his uh, sort of his favorite at court. So unclear. Uh, his most famous play uh, to Bringing us it back Mar- to the favorite, which is, of course, here with us. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, play it. Um, his most famous play in the modern day is Dr. Faustus. I thought that was more modern, to be honest. Well, the, the Goethe version oh, uh, I see. Okay, is that's... more modern. Um, it's one of those plays that has been like written in different iterations by several different people. Okay. Um, uh, fucking Shakespeare. Shakespeare really fucking loved Marlowe's Faustus like real big. And then he wrote another play called the jew of malta oh yeah who amongst us has not began a title with the jew <laughs> oh hell yeah I yeah that's cat like on my lap now that's like a an open micer's first sketch they've ever written um <laughs> the jew of san francisco ah there's poop everywhere ah, it's so expensive i can't believe these restaurants wait is that a thing about san francisco that there's poop everywhere yeah it's um, some like uh weird right-wing uh talking point how there's like a big homeless population and there's a lot of poo everywhere but mm. huh. i have never been so i don't know the validity the Jew of San Francisco is, I assume, the sequel to The Last Black Man in San Francisco. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I've had a very interesting upbringing, I'll tell you that much. It's not easy being black and Jewish in San Francisco. <laughs> Especially with this voice and trying to break into hip-hop musicals. <laughs> musicals, not music, musicals. <laughs> yeah, no, exclusively. <laughs> The theater uh, scene in San Fran is off of the hook it is. <laughs> it was the way you hit the K in hook that really sold it for me. So uh, the play was written like within 300 years of the expulsion of the Jews from England. And England at this time was has been seen as the source of a lot of Europe's anti-Semitic propaganda. I will say within Whoa. 300 years is a very gracious... Like, yeah. America has not existed for 300 years. <laughs> Which is true. Uh, but just to show the climate, I guess, that um, there were Jewish people living in England, London especially, uh, but mainly under undercover. Um, it's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's just... It <laughs> Oi, matey, like... look at me. I'm English, I am. <laughs> I would was... love some biscuits and tea. <laughs> if I wrote a play right now that was weirdly, like, royalist, and people are like, it was within 300 years of the Revolutionary War. <laughs> true, true. Um, oh, I should I should say right now, I meant to say this off of that, my primary sources for this were... Uh, a little bit from the book The Tudors by Peter Aykroyd, um, and Sweet Mother Wikipedia. 
Um, yeah, I was shocked you had you got like book sources. That's wild. Yeah. I, I'm I'm all internet if I need uh, anything. I, I I will say, um, just as a plug, Peter Ackroyd has like right now it's a five volume, and I think it's going to stay a five volume. Uh, History of England uh, that is very readable and fun. So anyway, Marlowe also wrote uh, a bunch of poems and shit. Uh, I didn't expand on that in my notes, I guess. Um, and he, it, it says poems and shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's been described as a spy, a brawler, a heretic, a magician, a duelist. A joker, uh, a midnight toker. <laughs> <laughs> Some people call him, when, of course. When they Maurice. Say, <laughs> when they uh, say Christopher Danger. When they say duelist, they're, of course, uh, referring to he plays uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yep. That's what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> Deep cut cartoon riff. <laughs> Right, kitty? Uh, yeah. Duelist, counterfeiter, rake, and tobacco user. Oh. Um, Is that verboten back then? Yeah. I I don't know if it was like... I think it was like something that was sort of socially still a little risque, I guess. Hmm. And there's there's a lot of myth that attached itself to him. Um, there's a lot of speculation that he was sort of either secretly Catholic or secretly an atheist. Um, <laughs> that's pretty wild. one of the two <laughs> one of the two um both would have been probably equally bad uh in like public life in england at the time i feel like in this author series it's like there's always rumors of secret gatus now there's a lot of rumors of like secret atheism secret catholicism it's just they're secretly anything there's rumors mm. they're secretly whatever the fuck <laughs> so in may 1593 some posters go up around like parts of London that were threatening uh, Protestant refugees uh, who were coming from France. Um, and one like set of posters was written in iambic pentameter, like Marlowe liked to write, uh, contained several allusions to Marlowe plays, and uh, was signed uh, Tamburlaine, like his two famous plays. So they arrested Marlowe's friend, Thomas Kidd. Oh. Um, and uh, he uh, snitches out Marlowe, uh, saying he's a blasphemous and cruel man. Um, so on May 18th, uh, a warrant is issued for Marlowe's arrest. And on the t- two days later, he appears before the Privy Council to, like, answer the charges. But then he's told, like, oh, yeah, the council's not meeting today. Keep coming back every day until we tell you not to. Um, so he does. Frat hazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, yeah, then he had to drink a drink some mead out of one of the previous council's butt cheeks. Hey, I heard rumors you're gay. Let's, uh, let's see if that's true. You want to join our fraternity that's also fucking... I lost the thread a little bit. <laughs> Well. You have to pass this orange from my neck to your neck. <laughs> I don't know what fraternity hazing that's, looks like. Yeah, that's exactly it. You nailed it. It's a lot of it's a lot of slumber party games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they play, play uh, Goldeneye, right? They play that uh, mash game with the paper that you fold back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you get number. to live in a shack, married to LeBron James. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Um, so then on May 30th, um, 12 days after the warrant is issued, uh, Marlowe is killed. 
Um, he is um, staying in a house where he's going and checking out the Privy Council every day. Uh, and he's stabbed to death in the house. There's no real, like, definitive narrative for what happened. The most common theory, or the most um, common theory at the time, I should say, was that he was killed by, quote, a body-serving man uh, as Ooh. punishment for his atheism. Uh, I think- what? I, I mean, pardon my massive ignorance on re- really pretty much any subject that isn't a cartoon. Uh, a fucking what? A, a body serving man. I guess yeah. like a that like sounds... a Bugs Bunny type. It's like, um, I think it's in one of the Monster Manual expansions, Challenge Rating 2. A body serving man. A, a body serving man sounds like a fucking bouncer mixed with a lucha wrestler. What the fuck even? Does he gather corpses? Does he just... Oh, sorry. Body. B-A-W-D-Y. Not, uh, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, not, not, oh, not a man who serves bodies. Yeah, no. Sorry, it's a the damn man, Midwest accent. Dude, no, it's these fucking British terms. Don't blame yourself. That's the problem with the British. They're trying to, they, they pull some bullshit and they try and make you feel bad about it. <laughs> it's just fucking talk and be normal. Hey, <laughs> Let's get to the haberdashery. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> this has clearly been getting under your skin for some time. <laughs> That's what I love about it. Yeah, you know what? I'm declaring war on England. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck them, dude. We no, already we, have we a can't... lot on our plate war. Yeah, we, Let's take gonna... it one at a time. It's been a, it's been a crazy 90 <laughs> minutes, y'all. Yeah. Um, a crazy three days and a crazier 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, when does this go out? The 11th? Yeah, by uh, then... Yeah. Who knows? knows? Yeah, people will be trading podcasts for brass by then, so. <laughs> Which is a great deal, because brass is tangible and worth something. <laughs> so the other popular theory at the time was that he was killed in a dispute over over the bill for the house he was staying at. Uh, the bill was um, known at the time as a reckoning, which mm. is just kind of cool. And he was killed... Uh, in self-defense uh, by the other party because he started attacking them. That's the theory. Other theories. The ultimate dine and dash. <laughs> Diners, drive-ins, and dash. <laughs> um, jealous of her husband Thomas's relationship with Marlowe, Audrey Walshingham arranged for the playwright to be murdered. Um, Sir Walter Raleigh, a member of the Privy Council, arranged the murder fearing that under torture Marlowe might incriminate him. Doesn't say in what. The murder resulted from attempts by the Earl of Essex to use Marlowe to incriminate Raleigh. Um, He was killed on the orders of father and son Lord Burgley and Sir Robert Cecil, who thought that his plays contained Catholic propaganda. Wait, wait, wait. I lost. Is this... Is this a list of everyone who wanted him dead and why? Or these are all the theories of why he... These are all, like, the theories. And they're all, like... JFK. Oh, it's the mafia. It was Castro. It was... I see, I see. Don okay. from the fix-it shop. <laughs> um, he was accidentally killed <coughs> while the um, owners of the house were pressuring him to pay back money he owed them. He was murdered at the behest of the Privy Council, who feared he might reveal them to be atheists. The Queen ordered his assassination because of his subversive atheistic behavior. He was murdered because one of the owners of the house envied Marlowe's close friendship with his master. At a certain uh, point, there's a number of theories where it just becomes meaningless how many yeah. theories there are. Yeah. And then finally, Marlowe's death was faked 
to save him from trial and execution for subversive atheism. Ooh, I like that one. Well, you're not the only one because the Marlowe faked his death thing um, is sort of the fuel for like one of basically the most well-known thing about Marlowe at this point in history, which is that there's a group of people who believe that A, uh, Shakespeare's plays were not written by Shakespeare and that B, uh, Christopher Marlowe was actually the author of a great many of them, which is not really true in any way, but it sort of comes from the faked his death thing. Well, they made a movie about it, so it must be true. Oh, God, what was Space that? Space Jam rules, yeah. It was yeah, called Space. Anonymous. Oh, uh, the, the most, like, forgettable name for a movie. Yeah, it was by somebody relatively famous who Is believed it? that uh, Christopher Marlowe wrote uh, all those plays. Like Oliver Stone? or like Because that seems like that sort, sort of That seems very Oliver Stone, but I think it was somebody else. Roland Emmerich. Oh, Jesus, what? Yeah. I was not expecting that, of all things. The man behind Independence Day. <laughs> okay. And the day after tomorrow. Isn't there speculation that, like, Shakespeare uh, isn't, like, an individual, but was, like, a, a, a collective? Was basically, like, a like a Brockhampton or, like, an odd future? <laughs> yeah. Um, is this real or I'm making this up? There is speculation about that. Um, there is... Uh, no, like, evidence, really, to support it, but, yeah. No. That's my favorite kind of theory. <laughs> <laughs> also, I oh, love just, like, I the use of Brock in QAnon, perhaps? <laughs> 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 Where Shakespeare put out two great albums and then a third that was kind of, like, <laughs> had its moments. Uh, after he died, he receives a lot of tributes uh, from contemporaries. Um, <laughs> Shakespeare quotes Marlowe in As You Like It, um, and even, and uh, I wrote tributes him in a later line, don't know what that means in context. Is, uh, that, no, I think I know what that is, actually. It's, <laughs> it's in Acts 2 of Hamilton, where Hamilton, uh, or Hamilton, Jesus Christ, Hamlet, <laughs> fucking ill-read dumb shit. Hamlet, it's in Act 2 of Hamlet. <laughs> When Hamlet uh, takes an aside and he's like, oh, look at me, I'm Marlowe, I'm a big dumb idiot, and I fucking died. <laughs> and then it cut, It goes, just goes back to... to, to yeah, uh, people, people long stuff. thought that uh, fucking uh, Jeffrey Ross wrote that. <laughs> like the Roastmaster General. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but that's- hey Marlo, you got you got more debts than a uh, guy with a lot of debts. Right. I don't know who that. That's not what now Jeff let's Ross bring sounds up Lisa like. Lampanelli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's the actual history of Christopher Marlowe. All right. Uh, so on to the alternate then. Uh, okay, uh, Chris, Chris, Christopher. You know, can I can I use your notes as a as a vague uh, sure. uh, beat sheet? As I don't know how it will help, but. Ooh, this is a lot of stuff in the margins about the Jews. Uh, it's not true. <laughs> That's not true. Not true this at all. The second episode in a row where my credit, where my <laughs> tolerance for other people has been impugned. Uh, let's just point around on a been podcast. Like positive. You could have been learning about their traditions out of respect for That's learning true. another culture. Okay. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah, it's, it's a that's lot. That's not of... what it is, but it could have been. That. <laughs> I mean, I'll just describe it to people because they can't see it because this is an audio medium. There's a lot of Stars of David with, like, question marks next to it. Like, he doesn't understand it. And and there's a, there's a, a pros and cons. 
There's a pros and cons T chart. Is this a ninja star? <laughs> Conspiracy? Sorry. That's not something I should put out there. It's not true. Uh, I mean, it would. It's, it's a pointier than a ninja star. I don't know how it would fly. Um, <laughs> but the, there's a pros and cons T chart, and one on one side of it is a star of Dave, and the other side's a swastika. So, I mean, make it with that. <laughs> that is not it. <laughs> Listeners. It's mainly drawings of cats, uh, if you flip through it. <laughs> the, cats uh, from 2019's Cats, <laughs> which is actually worse than the other thing. Yeah, it, there's just a whole page spread of Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brian, uh, Brian's not a bigot in any way, everyone. We're just doing bits. Uh, but much more problematic, his notes are written in cursive. That is true. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Which I didn't know there were people alive that weren't my grandmother that still Again, did them. Brian was fro- a Victorian dandy frozen in an iceberg. It's really legible, Boy, cursive. Went to Catholic school. That's that also explains his uh, suspicion of Jewish people. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not suspicious of Jewish people. I'm related to several. You wrote Privy Council in print, though. Every- yeah. Everything else is uh, is not. Oh yeah, which doesn't mean anything. It's I'm just giving y'all content anyway. Christopher Marlowe, here's what truly uh, happened. Uh, He was born in 1564, which is also his pin code, uh, which is uh, the same. (laughs) Finally, got it. (laughs) Uh, Which, I don't know if you knew this, but it's the the same year as uh, prolific rap group uh, Will I Am Shakespeare. (laughs) Rap group (laughs) Will I Am Shakespeare. It's a, it, there's no evidence to that, but it's it's my theory that uh, Will I Am Shakespeare is a bunch of people. It's like Beyonce and James Blake. Anyway, we're getting we're getting. Uh, Christopher Marlowe was a uh, half human, half AI hybrid in the style of cats, and he um, was uh, given us a, a, a scholarship to uh, bird. Bridge came came came. My handwriting is not that bad. I'm just trying to no no no. I'm trying to think of a fucking animal pun and I can't. Uh, Caged bird. There it is. Caged bird university. (laughs) Where he got that uh, ba? Yeah, which stands for. I'm a chicken. Okay, all right. I'm. Let's. Fucking focus. But, you know, it was the Englands uh, back in 1500s where it was somehow even more ridiculous and even more Charles Dickens novel than in the time of Charles Dickens. So he, he got into a little bit of trouble. He, he started some problem in the lunchroom where people still, you have to go to lunch uh, in, <laughs> in 1500s because there was no other way to get lunch uh, just at, at your college. Uh, he got in trouble with the privy, uh, with the, the, the pretty, pretty bird council, which is a series of uh, cockatiel and parrot hybrids. Um, oh, God, they got a lot more sinister. Well, cockatiel person uh, and then uh, a parrot person. Yeah, no, that hybrids. didn't make it better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all—they're all—it's an animal university. They're all friends. Well, I mean, they—they have their own social dynamics within the university. <laughs> but that's merely a backdrop to his entire life. That—that's just uh, fun lore that you get to fill in internally, like the bad parts of Star Wars. Anyway, 
<laughs> so the Pretty Bird Council uh, was under the command of the queen, who, uh, you know, she, uh, she'd be like, that was, that's her accent uh, back then. That's actually what Old English sounded like. I assume she was also some kind of animal, basically. <laughs> she, <laughs> oh, I was going to guess like a, a side character in the Peanuts universe. <laughs> uh, she had a lot going on. Uh, quick side note, have you ever heard anyone speak like, uh, they have it at the the Globe, like actual old English Shakespearean performances, and you can mm-hmm. see some videos of them on YouTube. Uh, it's fucking incomprehensible. Yeah. No one ever talks about how in like a time travel plot, you would like go back in time somewhere and try and speak English, and no one would have any fucking clue what the hell you're saying, even in England uh, recently. <laughs> anyway, that's just a side note. So uh, then a bunch of history happened. Uh, he, uh, he left the university, uh, to be, uh, 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 a spy like, uh, in Frankie Muniz in the, the Frankie Muniz, uh, movie where he's a kid, but he's also a spy. It's not spy kids. It's not spy kids. It's, um, secret agent Cody Banks. Thank you. Okay. Brockhampton. Yep. Thank you. You picked up on it. Good, good, good. Good. Listen. Uh, uh, I didn't know you're such a such a such a Hampton head. <laughs> yeah, big old H town. Um, uh, anyway, so secret agent Cody Banks, Christopher Marlowe, the II. Uh, he he was you know he was traveling around a little bit uh, until he ended. You know, there's some people that say he ended up in France, or some people who say he ended up in um Italy, Spain. Uh, there's also some people who say he uh, stayed at home and just worked on himself and uh, went to his parents' cabin and released a solo acoustic album to great acclaim. No one's really sure. Very Bonnie Bear. What happened? Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, uh, so after his uh, uh, album uh, popped off, he was like, um, "You know, I'm pretty good at. I've, I'm a white guy. I think I'm probably pretty good at anything I try." So <laughs> he beca- he became an author w- immediately, despite his uh, bachelor's degree uh, being <laughs> in milkshake science. Uh, they were oh. trying to invent milkshakes, and he they got close. It's amazing that they have a whole degree in milkshake <laughs> science that they haven't even been invented yet. <laughs> well, I mean, there's th- you could get a degree in theoretical physics, so why wouldn't you be able to get a degree <laughs> in milkshake? milkshake? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so he, he wrote, uh, he wrote a bunch of shit. Now, right around this time, Shakespeare also wrote, uh, Hamlet. And there's one line in there that Marlowe loved. And it was the, the, the line about infinite jest. And he was like, if I ever write a book, I'm going to call it infinite jest. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then he did. And it was great. And everyone was like, this is, this is pretty good. This is like a, a this is like a lot. This is a lot. <laughs> This is a lot of, was a lot of flipping back and forth, but they had time for footnotes back then, and sure, sure. You know the 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 way it all came together at the end. It, you know, you know the the bit was it makes you reread it. Like, okay, I don't need to explain infinite jest to people for a history podcast. Uh, anyway, so he he writes infinite jest. Uh, he immediately gets canceled. Uh, too problematic. Uh, so he, uh, he he's canceled. And the at the time, I assume too problematic is too tolerant of Jewish people. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so they're like, we got we got to have this guy whacked because like you couldn't. There was no Twitter to cance- cancel people on back then. Uh, you had to just murder them face to face. And I I think we we miss that level of human interaction nowadays. People should but put I- down their phones and kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, he, he, uh, he was staying at a, at a, a, a ye old Hampton Inn, uh, littered with E's, by the way. Uh, ye had five E's, old had six, uh, Hampton had three. <laughs> and in had none, because otherwise then it would say any. Anyway, so he's at the ye old Hampton Inn, and, uh, guys like, did you enjoy your stay? And Marlo's like, yes, I wrote Infinite Chess. And I'm like, okay, I don't really... <laughs> I don't really know what that means. I can't read. Uh, here's your bill, I assume. My manager handed me this slip. I assume it has um, money denominations on it. And I was like, nah, fuck you. I don't want to pay this. And you know what? In fact, I cancel you. And the, the guy behind the desk was like, yeah, fucking cancel me. I cancel you. Uh, and then uh, he had to kill him in self-defense. And there's a lot of theories of how he died. Uh, literally hundreds of stories that we don't have time to go into or we'll be here. <laughs> absolutely all night just speculating on how he died but i will tell you some of the uh the more popular theories uh time machine malfunction uh milkshake machine malfunction Mm -hmm. uh drowning in a river of lava oh which was very common i thought you were gonna say drowning malfunction yeah that's sort of what i thought uh he got too good at karate and had to be put down by <laughs> the council of ninjas uh, but but right before and i mean right before marlo died he had the seconds of he said give me the quill give me the pen i'm gonna write some. and he was like i love i love talking about kings i like it when a, a king but also you know i'm a white guy i'm here in england it's like i'm gonna write the pale king i think that's what i'll write <laughs> And he got pretty far before he died on it. He got pretty far. He got about four or five hundred pages in, but and then he died. Uh, he was uh, his his friend Shakespeare included him in a play. Uh, the Romeo and Juliet was actually inspired by Shakespeare and Marlowe's relationship, which lead many to speculate that uh, not only were both of them gay, uh, but both were uh, the boy and the girl, both Romeo and Juliet. It just depends on which conspiracy theorist you talk to. And then Marlowe faked his death a la uh, Juliet. Uh, but that's for the listeners to decide for themselves <laughs> on, I almost said House Hunters, history detectives. We'll be right back. And that's the real story. What happened? I like the idea that he changed the ending of Romeo and Juliet just enough to make it like <laughs> I'm gonna. So Romeo doesn't like wonder off being like I'm gonna write a play about this, <laughs> and it's like the fucking end of I know who killed me. <laughs> uh, and that's what happened. Uh, ben, thank you. Um, <clears throat> before we uh, before we move on to judgment, as always, you can uh, write us a letter or leave us a comment, ask us a question, or visionspodcast.com. And review us on your podcast app of choice. It's very helpful. It matters a lot for engagement and uh, everything else. So do it. Yeah. yeah. We say it literally every week. Well, and like, like every other week. For- That's not true. We only do this podcast every other week. <laughs> I, say it, I say it weekly, but 
once it's just sort of to the into cats. the mirror of yourself <laughs> when, in the morning. Well, it, it's important for listeners to know that uh, you know people people go on and they leave like asshole comments or whatever. So do the opposite of that. Be not an asshole. It makes it seem small, and it is small, and that's why it's great. And you should do it because it's it's small yet impactful. It's real change you can make in the lives of creatives and people you enjoy listening to. So go do it, you fucking stupid bitch. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah. If you if you want to leave a negative comment about this podcast or any podcast then you gotta go why? through me like no i mean you have i don't care a leave a negative comment just with a five-star review i don't give yeah, a shit no, that's fine yeah stars. that's a fun challenge <laughs> five stars they sound ugly there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, um so excuse me you can also uh, find us on uh, facebook twitter and instagram um, Ben, you uh, you do everything. You have your fingers in a lot of pies right now, comedy wise. Comedy pies. Um, <laughs> I really need uh, health insurance. I could take that again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you host uh, a weekly show, the Denver Comedy Underground. Yes, it is. Uh, it's actually tri-weekly. Uh, we have one show Fridays. We have two shows Saturdays, a late show, 8 p.m. and uh, or God, that's not the late show. The regular show is 8, and then the late show is 9.45. It's at the Irish Snug. It's always cool. It's uh, always sold out, so get your tickets early or just come. It's like probably one of the better stand-up shows in town, in Denver, if not the world. Perfect. You also have uh, your YouTube channel, and you're doing uh, a sketch a day or a character. I'm doing a, a sketch slash character slash video every single day in 2020 uh, to see what kind of damage I can inflict on my brain. <laughs> oh. So it's just Ben Bryant, so uh, check that out. Uh, they're pretty good, I pray, and also think that, but you can't just say that because it's not likable. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I will say it. They are very good. Uh, also, check out uh, Spaghetti High, which Spaghetti is High. Adult Swim, yes. which I haven't congratulated you on in person. Yet. Thank you. Um, which is fucking fantastic, and it's a great uh, series. You're a great series. The, uh, the Revisionist is a great series, and Breaking Bad's a great series. Yeah, I put them on equal foot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it goes the wire, Breaking Bad, the revisionists in terms of the yeah. 21st century art. Yeah, then you have like Battlestar Galactica somewhere in there. Battlestar Galactica, the, I'm sorry to tell you, is much seasons. farther down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's how you get these negative reviews. <laughs> oh, God, we pissed off the Galactic heads. I'm going to go out and say it. The wire is better than Battlestar Galactica. Yes. I don't know why it was a, that was a show that let me down so much from its heights. God, I would love to see a fucking fist fight between those two fan groups. <laughs> like at a comic con, just the tensions finally boil over. As way more of a Wire fan, yes, I would love to see that <laughs> from someone who still insists BSG was good. Um, anyway, um, sorry, Zach, did you want to mention anything? Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of. The small women we spoke of earlier. Uh, <laughs> guest from last week. Uh, and my girlfriend, Shannon Camp, is making a audio drama version of that very book, uh, tying in with the release of the movie. It is coming out in installments. It's about at the halfway point. I do a voice on it. Uh, oh, that's dope. Yeah, so if you want to find that, look for Little Women, a modern audio drama, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Uh, it's another very good show, and the bonus episodes uh, are also really, really interesting. Um, as for me, um, I'll plug my writing for Westward, and uh, also plug Cats 2019, uh, Experience the Magic, because um, it's still it's still on my brain. Um, but that will... Sorry? But uh, that brings us to uh, the judgment portion uh, of the show, which falls to Zach this time. So this happened in three phases. First, uh, there was some... Uh, I, too, have experienced the madness that is 2019's Cats. <laughs> and at the beginning of uh, the alternate history where everything was an animal pun made me begin to see it as a cat's-like reimagining oh, no. of Christopher Marlowe's <laughs> life. And for a long time, I was like, I cannot possibly vote willingly for a Cats 2019. But at the last minute, I couldn't resist the urge to say, Ben Bryant, you are the Jellicle choice. Jellical baby. That's how you fucking pronounce that. I don't. Oh, I, man. I, I just if you see the on. movie, they say it roughly five thousand times. Uh, when that first song hit, I was like, okay, okay. Then, je- then they hit Jellical after Jellical, and I was like, I'm all in. I was like weeping <laughs> in the first song. <laughs> don't laughing so don't, hard. Don't be oh, too great. excited because this means you have to go to the heavy side lounge, which, as far as I can tell, means you have to die. Heavy side layer, layer, which makes even less sense. Whatever it's called, yeah. Well, uh, and then a naked Idris Elba cat who seems more naked than a naked human person would be is <laughs> just like anyway. That's a spoiler. A naked, uh, like regularly furred animal is a special kind of trauma. Yeah, it's... like like when uh, the Looney Tunes would. Uh, I'm going to just keep hammering this. <laughs> this is going to be my recurring bit. But like for like. If, like, Daffy got, like, his feathers blown off or something, or, yeah. like, when Bugs Bunny would roll up his sleeves and reveal that fucking oh my God. pink skin. With, like, a little individual hair uh-huh. out here and there. It's it's more naked than naked. Yeah. Um, this is not our cat's cast, uh, which is <laughs> something I would eagerly listen to at this point. Um, but, anyway, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, Zach, Ben, thank you both for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for... I uh, You didn't have me. I do it every time. <laughs> yeah. That, thank you. Still. Anyway. Uh, for everyone here at The Revisionists, uh, I've been Scrimbleshanks the Railway Cat. <laughs> mm, yeah. Scrimbleshanks is a real... I've been Amy Two Dots? What's her fucking name? Something like that. Jenny Annie Dots? Jenny Annie Dots. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you do strike me as more of a magical no, Mr. Mistopheles. No, I've been old Deuteronomy because I did the choice. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, God, Gus. Gus was fucking Ian McKellen cat. Yes, that's correct. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, have a good time. Have a good time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.